Well, if you will allow me this morning, I am going to preach from down here. Yesterday, I had one of those life things happen. I was doing my exercise workout and uh, strained a muscle in my leg and um, standing for long periods of time is painful. Sitting, I feel great, so (laughs) I will sit. And share with you this morning, and thank you. Some of you have graciously reminded me this morning, this is what happens to old men when they they continue to try to work out, so I am grateful for that. Okay, if you would, if you have a Bible with you this morning, or you can use the Bible in the chair in front of you, turn to Ephesians chapter 6. And we are going to look again, as we did last Sunday morning, at verses 10 through 13. This is part two of what we started last week. I have been preaching expositionally through the book of Ephesians for the last year and a half. And we are coming to this final section of the book. And it is, as you know, on spiritual warfare and the armor of God. And we looked last week at verses 10, 11, and 12, and this morning our focus will be on verse 13. But let me read this, what really amounts to, in the last section, an introductory, introductory portion, because next week we will start looking at the individual pieces of the armor of God. In verses 10 through 13, Paul writes, finally, Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Well, our first point this morning is be strong in the Lord. Last week, we looked at the reality of spiritual warfare and the schemes of the devil. In verse 11, it says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. And that is a sobering thought that we have an enemy as those who belong to Christ, as those who are in Christ. We have an enemy who plots and plans and schemes ways to harm us and destroy us. And so we are to put on the whole armor of God so that we can stand against these plans, these plots, these schemes. Probably the primary scheme of the devil is to find in each of us, and it's different in each of us, that particular area of sinful weakness where we are most vulnerable and to attack there. I shared with you last week that David Jeremiah, in his work on the armor of God, said there are three primary ways in which Satan attacks us as Christians. First, he attacks us individually. He attacks our integrity as a Christian. He wants us to say things and to think things, and to do things that make us feel shame and guilt, that make us angry, that make us bitter, so that he can silence us, so that we feel 
Like, why, how can I tell other people about my faith with what's going on in my own life? Because Satan loves nothing more than a silent Christian. Second, Dr. Jeremiah says he wants to attack your family. He especially wants to attack your marriage. He wants to cause division in your marriage. He wants to cause problems in the raising of your children. And I think all of us here know when things aren't right at home, they're not going to be right anywhere else. And he knows that. Third, Satan wants to attack your church. He wants to cause division and conflict and strife in the body of Christ in your local church so that you get your focus off the preaching of the word and becoming Christ-like. So you get your focus off being a witness to the community. You get your focus off taking the gospel to the nations and you become focused on the conflict, on the division. So he says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. In verse 12, it says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. One of the most important statements in this section, that when we face problems and conflicts, they may appear to be visible and physical, but they are far more than that. I shared with you the quote from Tony Evans where he says, every time you face a problem, a conflict that appears to be visible and physical, underlying it is always something invisible and spiritual. When you face those issues that appear to be visible and physical, there is always something underlying it that is invisible and spiritual. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Now, we have to be careful, as I mentioned last week, in making too much of this because the Bible doesn't define it clearly, each of these terms. However, what we do know is that Satan has a very sophisticated, well-organized demonic army. And we can see that in passages like the second half of the book of Daniel and in the book of Revelation and other portions of Scripture. He has an army of demonic forces that are bent on bringing destruction to those who belong to Christ. One writer said this. He said, the most powerful being in all of existence is the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But the second most powerful being is Satan. And we must never underestimate the enemy. He is not as powerful as God, but he is far more powerful than we are. And when you face him in your own strength, you are always absolutely outmanned. And if you try to do battle in your own strength, you are already defeated because he is stronger than you are. So we are to have a healthy fear of the schemes of Satan. But as we also learned last week, Ephesians 6.10 is the key to spiritual warfare and the foundation of the armor of God. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. 
as I just said, on your own, Satan will defeat and destroy you. But God is far greater and far more powerful than Satan. In the strength of the Lord, in the strength of the Lord, you can stand against any attack of the devil. Some familiar verses. Some of you may have these verses memorized. 1 John 4, 4. You are from God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Philippians 4.13, Paul's famous saying, I can do all things through Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We think of 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We think of the entire book of Ephesians. And as I said last week, that's the beauty of studying spiritual warfare and the armor of God in the context of having just gone through the entire book of Ephesians. Because the book of Ephesians is about our identity in Christ, our position in Christ and what we possess in Christ. We think of Ephesians 1, 3, that great verse that is the gateway into the whole book of Ephesians. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessings, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Wow. That's what Ephesians is about. That's our victory in him. And we must not let the evil one ever let us lose sight of who we are in Christ. We think of the cross of Christ, the basis of our victory, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, where he accomplished our victory. We don't fight for victory, as you've often heard. We fight from victory. But we have to keep coming back to our victory at the cross over and over again. Let us be reminded this morning that the only power that you have against the enemy is the power that you have in Jesus Christ. Well, that brings us to our second point, which is standing strong in the evil day. Verse 13. Therefore, therefore, based on verses 10, 11, and 12, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Paul once again commands us to take up the whole armor of God so that we can stand strong in the evil day. Some translations have so that you may be able to stand in the day of evil. So it begs the question, verse 13 begs the question, when is the day of evil? When is the evil day? Now I've preached on this before and I find it fascinating and very important. The evil day, the day of evil, is any ordinary day. Any ordinary day. On any ordinary day, you could find yourself engaged in heated, intense conflict with the evil one and his demonic forces. As I shared with you last week, it is like terrorism. He often attacks when you least expect him and from where you least expect him. So the evil day could happen at any time. But I do think that the evil day tends to happen. Those days of attack tend to happen when we are vulnerable. And I think there are 
two areas where we are most vulnerable. There are probably more than two, but two where we are most vulnerable, and they are actually opposites of one another. First of all, I think we're very vulnerable when we, or excuse me, when everything's going well in our lives, when we're experiencing the blessings of the Lord. We're kind of coasting along. We feel blessed. Things are going well. Things are good at home. Things are good at work. And we tend to become, it is just very human to become complacent. Maybe we read our Bibles a little less. Maybe we don't pray as much as we were. We don't feel that desperation for Christ like we do at other times. And I think when we become complacent and we feel like our life, our life is at ease, that's when the evil one loves to attack. He also loves to attack at the other end of the spectrum, and that's when we become really discouraged, when we are down maybe even depressed. Things haven't gone well. They haven't turned out the way we thought they were going to. Didn't get that job. We face an unexpected financial crisis. Someone says something to us that really wounds us, that really hurts us. We find ourselves in conflict at home or in conflict maybe with our extended family or someone at work. And we're really discouraged. And I think that's when Satan loves to attack. I think of that, maybe you're familiar with it, that acronym uh, that was made so famous by Alcoholics Anonymous, HALT. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. That when you face or feel any of those emotions, HALT. Be careful. And I think if we were to take that over into a biblical context, we need to be careful when we're angry. We need to be careful when we're tired. We need to be careful when things haven't gone well. Because I think that's when the enemy loves to swoop in and go on the attack. But here's the thrust of verse 13. You must be ready every day. You must be ready every day. John MacArthur in his commentary says this. He says, from the day that Satan fell from heaven until the day he will be thrown into the lake of fire at the end of Revelation, any day in between is potentially the day of evil. Any day in between is potentially the evil day. And what verse 13 is saying is when the day of evil comes and the dust settles, will you be found standing? Will you still be standing? Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Well, here's what I want to do before we go to communion, before we take the Lord's Supper together in reflection and meditation, I want to share with you three prerequisites to putting on the armor of God. Three prerequisites to putting on the armor of God. Three kind of mindsets that we should always have as we remind ourselves to put on the armor each and every day. Number one, you must constantly acknowledge your own weakness. You must acknowledge that you are weak in your own strength. We think of John fifteen five, Jesus with his disciples in the upper room, and he says to them, I am the vine. 
you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he it is who bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. I think we need to say that to ourselves, preach that to ourselves every day, for apart from Christ we can do nothing. Second, you must constantly acknowledge that you are in a war. Yes, we have times in our lives where we are blessed, where we feel the peace of God, the serenity of God. But let us all remember, on this earth, the heart of the Christian life is spiritual war. We are engaged as the ambassadors of Christ in an, in an intense spiritual conflict with Satan and his demonic forces. We must be careful. If you think that God owes you a life of ease and comfort, you will become disillusioned. You will. Third, you must constantly be alert and ready to fight in the strength of the Lord. Always be alert. We looked at that last week, 1 Peter 5, verses 8 and 9. Be self-controlled and alert. For your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Standing firm in the faith. Be self-controlled and alert. In older days, Christians used to call this vigilance. Be vigilant. Always be ready. It's the picture of a soldier who has guard duty. It's nighttime. And he's watching for the enemy. Scoping out the landscape. He cannot become distracted cannot fall asleep. He is commanded to always be alert to forewarn everyone about the danger that is about to come or might come. So, as we go to the Lord's Supper, remember, you are weak. Remember, you are in a spiritual war. And we must always, always be alert. At this time, we will share the Lord's Supper together.